Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast where we will be looking at two subjects uh, in the form of a question. What is a denomination? The other is why do we have so many denominations in our Christian churches? I'd like to go to the throne of grace this morning to ask God to bless uh, this podcast. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for allowing us, Lord God, to witness another day that thy hands have made. Heavenly Father, help us to rejoice and be glad that you. And Father, as we come this morning to, uh, Father, to embark upon understanding of your word, the understanding of your word, and how to give it to your people. Father, we realize that there are so many denominations in the world that has caused schisms throughout the body of Christ. And Father, we thank you that maybe you will touch the hearts. I know your word will not return to you void, but you will touch the hearts of those that will Receive it and try to understand it. For you said wisdom is a principal thing. Get wisdom, but in all thy getting, get the understanding. Father, we want to understand your word. We want to be able to walk circumspectly with thee. Now, Father, we bind the works of the flesh, the carnal mind, which is enmity against you, not subject against uh, subject to the law of God. It indeed cannot be. Father, we come today, Lord God, putting ourselves in agreement that, Lord God, that there's one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost, that they all are one and work in one. And, Father, we bind Satan now in Jesus' name. Amen. What is a denomination? In religious context, the word denomination is often defined as a recognized autonomous branch of of the Christian church. One denomination will include many local churches that are usually spread over a broad geographical region. There are many good denominations, and each denomination has good and bad local churches. When looking for a church, study the individual's church statement of faith and ask about the church's practice rather than blindly keep loyal to a particular denomination. Selecting a church should not be based solely on a denomination. It is better to pick a church based on the quality and the accuracy of the Bible's teaching and how well the church is fulfilling the Great Commission regardless of the denomination. The Bible nowhere mandates we have denominations, but there is nothing inherently wrong with them. Sometimes denominations are simply a way to distinguish a particular group or like-minded churches. Denominational labels are useful for the quick identification of groups of Christians. Being familiar with the doctrinal distinctives of the various denominations allows one to gain a general overview of the churches in its particular town. Here are two Many denominations. Are there too many denominations? Probably. Sometimes new denominations form based 
of valid disagreements over essential theology and vital church practices. The truth must separate itself from falsehood. Other times, new denominations form over minor matters that are better resolved in a spirit of love and humility. The body of Christ, excuse me, let me go back. Live in peace with each other. This is referenced in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13. The body of Christ is interdenominational. We may choose labels for ourselves or others, and such labels have their place. But Jesus never assigned the denominational tags. The body of Christ is made up of everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, referenced in Acts chapter 2, verse 21. And the gospel of salvation by grace through faith unites believers despite of their denominational differences. My second part of this podcast is the question, why are there so many Christian denominations? To answer this question, we must first differentiate between denominations within the body of Christ and non-Christian cults and other religions. Presbyterians, Lutherans, are examples of Christian denominations. Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses are examples of cult groups claiming to be Christian but denying one or more of the essential essentials of the Christian faith. Islam and Buddhism are entirely separate religions. The rise of denominations within the Christian faith can be traced back to the Protestant Reformation, the movement to reform the Roman Catholic Church during the 16th century, out of which four major divisions of traditions of the Presbyterians would emerge. Lutheran, Reformed, Anabaptist, and Angelic. Angelic. From these four, other denominations grew over the centuries. The Lutheran denomination was named after Martin Luther and was based on his teaching. The Methodists got their name because of their founder, John Wesley, was famous for coming up with methods for spiritual growth. Presbyterians are named for their view on church leadership, the Greek word for elders, presbyteros. Baptists got their name because they were always emphasizing the importance of believers' baptism. Each denomination has a slightly different doctrine and or emphasis from other such as Methodists or Baptists. The availability of the Lord's Supper to all or just to those whose testimony can be verified by church leaders. The sovereignty of God versus free will in the matter of salvation. The future of Israel and the church pre-tribulation versus post-tribulation, rapture and existence of the sign gifts in the modern era, and so on. The point of these divisions is never Christ as Lord and Savior, but rather honest differences of opinion by godly 
albeit flawed people seeking to honor God and retain doctrinal purity according to their conscience and their understanding of his word. Denominations today are many and varied. The original mainline denominations mentioned above have spawned numerous of offshoots such as Assemblies of God, Christian Missionary Alliance, Nazarene, Evangelistical Free, Independent Bible Churches, and others. Some denominations emphasize slight doctrinal differences, but more often they are simply offer different styles of worship to fit the different taste of the preference of Christians. But to make no mistake, as believers, we must be one of mind and on, on the essential of the faith. But beyond that, there is a great deal of latitude in how Christians should worship in a corporate setting. The latitude is what causes so many flavors in, of Christianity. A Presbyterian church in Uganda will have the style of worship such different from the Presbyterian church in Colorado, <coughs> but their doctrinal stand will be, for the most part, the same. Diversity is a good thing, but the, but this, this unity is not. If two churches disagree doctrinally, debate and dialogue over the word may be called for. This type of iron shaping iron Proverbs found in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, is beneficial to all. If they degree on the, disagree on the style and form, however, it is fine for them to remain separate. The separation, though it does not lift the responsibilities have, Christians have to love one another, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 through and 12, and ultimately be united as one in Christ, that's John chapter 17, verses 21 and 22. <clears throat> the downside of Christian denominations. There seem to be at least two major problems with denominationalism. First, nowhere in the scripture is there a mandate for denominationalism. To the contrary, the mandate is for union and connectivity. Thus, the second problem is that history tells us that denominationalists is a result of or caused by conflict and confrontation which leads to division and separation. Jesus told us that a house divided against itself cannot stand. This general principle can and should be applied to the church. We find, <clears throat> we find an example of this in Corinthians church, which was struggling with the issues of division and separation. There were those who thought they should follow Paul, Apostle Paul, those who thought they should follow the teachings of Apollos, that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. I am saying is this, what I am saying is this, each of you, I'm with Paul, or I'm with Apollos, or am I with Cyprus, or am I with Christ? This alone should tell, uh, tell you that Apostle Paul thought of denominations or anything else that separated and divides the body. But let's look further in verse chapter in verse 13, Apostle Paul asked, asked very pointed questions. Is Christ divided? Was it apostle who was crucified for you or were you baptized in apostle's name? 
This makes clear how Apostle Paul feels. He, Apostle Paul, is not the Christ. He is not the one crucified, and his message has never been one that divides the church or should lead someone to worship Apostle Paul instead of Christ. Obviously, according to Apostle Paul, there is only one church, one body of believers, and anything that differs weakens and destroys the church. See verse, verse 17. <clears throat> he makes this point stronger in chapter 3, verse 4, by saying, that anyone who says they are of Paul or of Apollos is carnal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of the problems we are faced with today as we look at denominationalism and its, its more recent history. Number one, denominations are based on disagreements over interpretation of scripture. An example would be the meaning and the purpose of baptism. Is baptism a requirement for salvation or a symbolic is symbolic of the salvation process. There are denominations on both sides of this issue. In fact, baptism is the meaning and its mode. Who can receive it, etc., has been the central issue in the separation of churches and forming of new denominations. Number two, disagreements over the interpretation of scriptures are taken personally and become points of contention. This leads to arguments that can and have done much to destroy the witness of the church. Number three, the church should be able to resolve its differences inside the body, but once again, history tells us that, it, it, that this doesn't happen. Today, the media uses our difference against us to demonstrate that we are not unified in thought or purpose. Number four, denominations are used by man out of self-interest. There are denominations today that are in state of its self-destruction as they are being led into apostasy by those who are promoting their personal agendas. Number five. The value of the unity is found in the ability to pool our gifts and to resource sources to promote the kingdom to the lost world. This runs contrary to division caused by denominationalism. What is a believer to do? We should should we ignore denominations? Should we just not go to church and worship in our own home? The answer to both questions are, is no. What we should be seeking is a body of believers where the gospel of Christ is preached, where you as an individual can have a personal relationship with the Lord, where you can join in a biblical ministry that are spreading the gospel and glorifying God. Church is important to all, and all believers need to belong to a body that fits the above criteria. We need relationships that can only be found in the body of believers. We need to support that only the church can, what the church can offer. We need to serve God in community as well as individually. Pick a church on the basis of the relationship 
to Christ. I'll say that again. Pick a church on the basis of its relationship to Christ and how well it is serving the community. Pick a church where the pastor is preaching the gospel without fear and is encouraged to do so. As believers, there are certain basic doctrines which must we must believe. But beyond that, there is latitude on how we can serve and worship. It is this latitude that is only good reason, is the only good reason for denominations. This diversity is not disunity. The first allows us to be individuals and Christ, and the latter divides and destroys. I pray that you will receive what is being stated here that we uh, are in critical times. We have churches that say, you're not of my persuasion. Uh, I don't think I have to support you because you're not of my church. And this is not so. Are we not all made to drink out the same sister? Is there one faith, one Lord, and one baptism? Is, is there any separatism in Christ? I think the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one and in one. I, I just don't agree with what the stats is in most of the seminaries, the theological seminaries and, and, the, and the Bible schools as it relates to why we have to have, even in our studies, we are separated. I, I went to a Methodist-supported uh, theological seminary, but yet uh, I was not received in a Baptist theological seminary. Why? Simply because... Uh, not the Bible, not the doctrine, but because of the denomination. So I, 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 my plea to the believers today is to worship God in spirit and truth and find out what is the truth. We know that Sunday morning is the most segregated day in the week, the month, and the year. And it continues to get broader and broader as fashions break off because of the differences in their thinking patterns and their spiritual growth and things of that nature, which should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I, I thank you today for listening to me. I, I'm having a little problem with my Gillian Bahrain this morning, but I, I'm going to bring the word as best that I can, and, and the speech impediment will get better. But I just want you to know that you don't serve a denomination. You serve God Almighty, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The same God yesterday, today, and forever. The God that changes not, who sent his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to rectify, to unify, to sanctify, and to set aside people that will follow him. God bless you.